Welcome to the Tuesday or Wednesday crew, everybody. Uh, I am Dylan Allen, your board op for the night, alongside Gideon Fox, Chris Sakonis, and Dylan McCoy. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good. Um, you know, obviously things are kind of wacky right now. Um, with uh, you know, now we got a tornado warning out in uh, Somerset and Mercer County, so that's in effect till six forty-two p.m. Um, and you know, obviously, if you're in that area, you know, seek some shelter, be safe. Don't want anyone to get, um, you know, we want everyone to be safe. But um, what, what a symbolic way to start off the semester. We had literally 18, we had 18 basically break down today at one point. Then now we have literally like apocalyptic apocalyptic type rain outside. So very interesting, but very excited to be here on the crew. I had two classes today. Didn't want to sit through either of them. I did. I did. I, I went to 100% of my classes today, which definitely definitely deserves some kind of award or something for that. I'm one for one. I'm I'm two for two. Nice. I got up. I had. A you had an early one though. I saw your snap story, Dylan. Oh, it was peak. That was peak comedy. That it was, was peak, peak comedy. comedy. It was peak McCoy. It was peak McCoy. <laughs> I, I agree with that for sure. But we have a lot to talk about today. Definitely want to hear about your guys' uh, first days. You know, I, it, this is a this is a sports show, but. The semester is, you know, just starting. Everyone's back on campus. How have you guys been doing? Well, before we get into that, I just want to give a massive shout out to my co-host, the man sitting at an appropriate social distance to my right, Gideon Fox, who uh, did Dylan McCoy a real solid. Came and uh, was able Saved to the fetch him a ride, <laughs> so he couldn't get his laptop messed up in a literal typhoon that's outside right now. Um, Gideon Fox going above and beyond the line of duty as co-host of the Wednesday crew uh, to get our producer here safely. So big ups to you. Much appreciated, but absolutely my pleasure. I live just about maybe a stone's throw away from the studio, but I was planning on driving today anyways. It was truly my pleasure. But McCoy, I know you probably feel the same way. I kind of let you off right in the middle of a puddle right there. I opened up the door of the car and I saw yeah, there was a giant puddle was, right there. I, I was squeaking when I walked in. I'm there was not a giant lie. what? There was a giant puddle. So we were coming down oh. College Ave. And <laughs> there was, it was nothing like, I could do. It was like, oh, it's right. I-53. So I was like, okay, like at least let's get one of us into the studio. So I dropped Dylan off right at the crosswalk. And there was like the second coming of the Raritan coming down College <laughs> Ave. I, I mean, I'm, I, I genuinely feel bad. Like I'm not laughing like Tamaki, but that just, I, I mean, that's just perfect for the way this day has gone. Um, you know, like, like Dylan said, 18 basically just decided to stop being a highway. Um, cause there was some sort of issue with a power line at route one, 18 South. I was 18 going south. 18 North today and 18 South is a vitally important part of the LX and the Bush buses. Oh so yeah. You don't, you do not want to mess with 18 South. No, I was on an LX today and I saw, I was on a northbound LX. I saw all the southbound traffic look miserable, but to add into the RU screw of the day, my net ID isn't working. My Wi-Fi has been whacked the whole oh. day. Oh, So just a whole combination of really? fun stuff today to get the semester where, started. Where are you living, if you don't mind me asking? I'm living at my fraternity house back on Sickard. Okay, so it's okay. So at least the Rutgers Wi-Fi hasn't like collapsed and like left a bunch of undergrads in darkness. But oh, exactly. No, that, this is just me. Worse, this is but, a me thing. No, that, that, that stinks. That's awful. But we're here. We're safe. Feet are a little bit wet, but plenty to discuss tonight here on the Wednesday crew. Yeah. I mean, you know, what, let, let, let's just get this out of the way. We are exactly 24 hours, 34 minutes, and 30 seconds away. 6.31 p.m. Oh, I forgot to add the extra minute. Yeah, 6.31 p.m. I, I really like to talk to the person who decided that of all the times to start a football game, 6.31, like exactly 6.31. That's like when they start the baseball games at 7.07. Pat Makes no Hob sense. Pat Hobbs, come on WRSU crew and defend your Explain yourself. time. Yeah. I is mean, Temple not good enough to get a 7:05 kickoff? I mean, maybe it's probably but. some. It's probably some executive <laughs> for BTN who thinks that like Rutgers is like an Ivy League school or something, and they just think they could just stick us wherever. It's but. that new Big Ten commercial they have with Rutgers in it. That 30 second one they put on Instagram. That's got to be the one. Just stretching it. Did you see the one they had like the one of all the schools and they changed the song? It's not the same song. You know the one where it goes through like all yes. the schools has and, and it goes from the Rose Bowl to Rutgers. Rutgers has like Rutgers has like the Empire State Building and stuff because obviously it's in New York. Um, yeah. That's a huge that's pet peeve thing. of mine, by the way. That <laughs> yeah. drives me crazy. No, it's a pet peeve of mine too. I remember when they did the Super Bowl and they were like New York, New Jersey, and it was like none of it is in New York. That's East Rutherford. That's New Jersey. But it's besides the point. Very excited. 
uh, to see the team. I was able to go to practice on Monday, talk to the captains. Thank you, Chris. Oh, my pleasure to send you over there. How did, yeah. how did that go, by the way? Uh, it was good. They wouldn't let me in the gates until practice was completely over. So I was just standing at the bottom of the stairs like like a sad puppy, just like looking up at these people, hearing Greg. I mean, you could have run a cover, too. I, I Yeah, hearing Greg on the microphone. Oh, so Greg Greg was funny. Greg made me laugh at practice. Oh, did but he? He was, just, he was just saying things on the microphone, like, not shaming people, but trying to get the best out of his players on the microphone. But, and it was – but I'm excited. They look good. Uh, Noah looks great. And, yeah, I think I think it's going to be a successful start to the season with a lot of people at Shy Stadium. Yeah, tickets to the general public are still sold out. I think student, student, student section tickets are still available, last I checked. But definitely excited to be back there at 631. I'm looking at Temple pregame notes right now. Currently, they say it's a 6.30 kickoff. I guess the news hasn't traveled down all the way to Philly yet. But definitely excited to be back in the stadium. Plenty to look forward to. And Dylan, you mentioned Noah Vedra, but I'm excited to see in these you know three non-conference games, I'm excited to see some of the younger quarterbacks like Evan Simon, Cole Snyder get some reps too. I, I, if they yeah. get in the game, then me, oh, I'm sorry. No, that's all right. I was going to say, like, I don't know if they'll get in this week. That's probably more like a Syracuse-Delaware type of thing. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there, but... Uh, I was going to say, if if they're playing significant amount of time against Temple, that means that this team is better than we thought it was. So They are who we thought they were. Yeah, I'm thinking, too, if Cole Snyder is going to make an appearance, it's going to have to be some sort of a blowout game. Kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't think that Rutgers is going to blow out Temple. I think it's going to be your first game out there in a little while for both teams. Like, I would say, like, the first quarter – both teams are going to kind of look a little rusty, get like, you know, their first hits of the year in and kind of get used to the football atmosphere again. And then I think it'll pick up towards the second half. You'll see guys like Vedral really get into, you know, into the swing of things and kind of get back into his form last year. But the one good thing for Rutgers is, even if it is a slow start, they have all the experience that they need on this team to kind of, um, you know, kind of respond if they start off slowly. It's not like they have a bunch of rookies on there that are trying to, or not even rookies, this isn't the NFL, not a bunch of freshmen trying to like acclimate to the college football atmosphere. It's a bunch of tenured guys on this team that know what they're doing. So I, I have I have faith that this team is going to respond if they start out slowly, uh, as I predict. 92%. That's the level of production that Rutgers brings back this year. 92%. It's the highest in the Big Ten. They return 20 starters. That's tied with Minnesota for the most in the Big Ten. They return all 11 guys on offense, and I think nine on the defense. Well, it is nine. That makes 20. Um, But I'm very excited to see them. I think the linebacking core is one of the most exciting parts of this team. They're one of the most experienced and one of the most uh, awarded. Um, Chris, please help me. Ola... Fatukasi. Olukunle Fatukasi. Olukunle Fatukasi. Thank you so much. O three. He was selected as one of the captains. He's on the uh, the watch list for the best linebacker in the country. He has done a lot of things. Um, Mohamed Torre was the team leader in sacks last year. It's going to be a very interesting uh, team to see, especially with all of this team that had a lot of un- unexpected Big Ten success last year. It's going to be very exciting to see them try to come out and repeat it. Chris, you must be a big Fadukasi fan, being that his brother's on the Jets. Yes, I am, and I think, but I think Olukunle Fadukasi is going to be better than his brother. That I'll, I'll say that right now. I, I mean, if he is available and the Jets are in the right spot, you got to make, you got to pull, you got to pull what the Devils did with the Hughes brothers and just get them together do some damage that 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 is what that is my message to joe douglas right now um i'm a bit upset at him for cutting bless austin but um i'll save that for later in the program would you rather Fadukasi and have that brother do or would you rather have tyshawn fogg Ooh. um no i would take i would that's actually kind of tough i think i would take fogg over not by much but i would take fogg over but i also have to see how they play this year too so you know chris that's news to my ears that blashawn austin was cut yeah, it happened earlier today. Uh, it was like the final round of cuts. What a um, shame. Kind of surprising because I thought he was going to start for them. I mean, they don't – I'll be completely on the level with you. They don't have a good secondary right now. It's right. basically Marcus May. They don't have a good Bryce much Hall. right now. Not much. I wouldn't, is... No, I wouldn't go that far. They've got some promising <laughs> young talents. <laughs> I would got... say, though, I, I mean, it might be intriguing for other teams to kind of pick him up, pick him up if he you know doesn't sign with the Jets practice squad. He could be claimed. So, like, uh, interesting to yeah, see we if ha- go we've, somewhere. We've had a lot of interesting cuts in the past few days. Uh, a former NFL MVP – 
literally getting cut from his own roster. Max said he would yeah. do it in the commercial. Uh, yeah, <laughs> become your become your mom's favorite player. Become your mom's favorite player. I, I totally forgot about that commercial existing, and thank God for this cut of Cam Newton. That it's just it's resurfaced all over my feeds. It's just. I mean, it's like full circle. And that when that commercial was made, it was like everyone laughed at it because this guy was an MVP. It's like this guy would never get replaced, and now it's a reality. And it's just so funny how how things happen like that in today's world. You can tell that the kid isn't um, Mac Jones because he's probably in better shape than Mac Jones. <laughs> it makes it makes week one even more like obviously week one is incredibly exciting. It's week one of the NFL, but now we have Mac Jones versus Tua week one. We have Sam Darnold versus the Jets week one. Oh, that I want to see. We have gonna throw three picks. Daniel Jones versus the Broncos, which I, I'm excited. I'm the most excited for that game probably. You're I. I I would have been more excited if it was against Drew Locke, if I'm being honest. But it's against Bridgewater. I, I probably would have been. I don't know. I'm excited to see Teddy Bridgewater. I have to say. I mean, if I was a Giants fan, I'd be more happy if uh, Daniel Jones wasn't Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm trying to get Cam yeah. Newton on the team. No, this is da- just, this is DJ's year to prove who I'm he is. I'm also on the DJ breakout season hype train, so I, I'm I'm with you there, Giddy. I think he's gonna have a good season. I don't know if I'm the breakout if I'm on the breakout season train. I think I'm more on the make or break season train. Like, like if he if he performs good, this year, be decent and yeah, get a exactly. contract. Like, yeah, show that you could be the face of the franchise. Show yeah. that you could be the next quarterback after Eli Manning. We've given you all that you need. You're going to hopefully have a healthy running back who will be a top five, at least probably top three running back in the league if he stays healthy. You're going to have an excellent receiving core. You have Kenny Galladay. You have an upgraded receiving core. You have a somewhat boosted offensive line. We're surrounding him with everyone he needs. He has a veteran tight end in Kyle Rudolph, a tight end who could actually catch a ball. <laughs> so we're kind of we're giving Daniel Jones everything that he has this year, and if Daniel Jones performs the way he does this year, the way he has the last two years, with what the weapons that he has this year, I'm off the Daniel Jones train. I'll be looking around the league to find another quarterback. But if he's even somewhat impressive this year, then I'm, I'm all in. Well, let's not let's not forget to mention Gideon. Uh, you know, Evan Engram was a Pro Bowler last year, so I think you know just the like, the distinguished <laughs> voters of the Pro Bowl somehow yeah, whoever the hell included Evan Engram, guy who literally dropped the chances to go to the playoffs last year. Yeah, and he's a Pro Bowler. Well, Daniel Jones tripped on the on a. <laughs> Open field. No, no, no. Hey, we listen. scored like we two s- plays yeah, later. Exactly. No one ever remembers that we scored. Exactly. We scored later anyway. It didn't matter. If Evan catches that ball, that game's over. And yes, I know it's 7-10. and 10. It's not beautiful, but it is a trip to the playoffs. And you know what? I'm actually happy that he dropped the ball because in the end, we were able to secure a first-round pick for next year from the Bears and draft Gadarius Tony, which, you know, I listen, I would have drafted maybe um, Christian Darasaw at that spot, another offensive lineman. That's personally what, what I would have done, but... Just securing that first-round pick for next year in case Daniel Jones has a similar year to this year, you can always use that pick to trade up to possibly get one of the better quarterbacks in the draft next year. I'm just – I just – look, I'm coming at this from an outside perspective as the only non-Giant fan on, on the Wednesday crew. You're outnumbered. I'm, I'm, I'm You're outnumbered. I, I, outnumbered. I, I, look, I made the schedule. I walked into this. But, I, here's, <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't consider the Giants a rival because we only play you guys in a competitive game once every four years. That's very true. It's not like the Subway Series or Knicks Nets or Devils Rangers. It's just it's not the same thing. Yeah, I would agree with you there. That's where I think, and I I think I've made this rant before, but I like repeating myself, so I'll do it again. Uh, This is where the NFL dropped the ball by not making Giants-Jets like the annual 17th game crossover. They had a chance to build something. They had the chance to build something, and they didn't. Yeah. They should have have made, I agree, Chris, they should have made it like a rivalry week or something. That would have been dope as hell. Like, um... I mean, it's kind of difficult because most rivalries in the league are within your division. But, like, if you have a crosstown rivalry, I mean, I think that's a great idea, too. So, like, I don't know, Rams, Chargers, something like that. Um, you could even do um, yeah, Giants, Jets. So, I mean, there's there was a lot of things you could do with that, and it would have been some interesting matchups, too, that you aren't used to seeing a lot of, too. I think they didn't do it because they know – because both teams are in, like, a down phase right now. Like if this had, like if they added the seventeenth game, like in two thousand and ten, I think they would have done it. Yeah, because Giants Jets, you know, you had Eli Manning on one end and whatever Mark Sanchez was at the time on the other end, but he was winning football games, so we all just sort of tolerated. That it. was such a right. weird time when it Mark was. Sanchez was a winning football quarterback. <laughs> Ten year old me loved that team. <laughs> I believe it. They played um, 
was like 2009 or 2010 or maybe it was 2011. They played on Christmas Eve the one year, and I remember that game being pretty good. Victor Cruz like a 99 yard touchdown oh, yeah. in that game. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, that I remember was, that one too. We yeah. were eight and five, and then we weren't. Oh, okay. Too okay. funny, but yeah. Yeah, obviously, I walked right into that one. Obviously, the uh, <laughs> the main story here is we have Rutgers football tomorrow. I mean, I think I think the most exciting part for me is just going to be seeing Shy Stadium because I don't think in maybe any of our like college careers that we've seen that place like more than half full. To be honest, like I I don't think so. It was officially half full. Actually, there was one game that I can remember that it was actually more than half full, like in terms of actual. Butts in seats. Which game was it? UMass. UMass. Yeah. UMass. Yep. The student section was packed, but the student section packed for the first game every year. It doesn't matter if the team's like oh for twelve. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh and twelve. I should say. Everyone's like, ah, oh, Chris Ash will turn it around this year. This is <laughs> the year. Famous last This word. is the year. <laughs> this is the year for Giovanni Rochino. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, those teams. He was underrated, man. He was underrated by the standards of 2017 and 18 Rutgers football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nice guy. Like he loved the team, loved the program. No, no, no beef against him, but like, thank God Noah Vedral came to Piscataway and just completely revitalized our quarterback room. Noah Vedral, and then a good one waiting in the wings, hopefully, in Gavin Wimsat. Well, let's not forget about let's not forget about Cole Snyder and Evan Simon. Let's not. Uh, no, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, like he's just, he seems like. Right now, the way he's being talked about, it seems like when he gets on campus, he's going to be the guy. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I'll put it to you this way: it's. I mean, he's very, very talented. I don't know if he's going to start day one. I think he might. Like you know, we might see him play a couple games, and then sophomore year he takes over. I can see him being a three-year Big Ten starter. That's okay. Oh, it's more than okay. Actually, I think. Hang on a second. I'm trying to do the math here. So when Vedral came to Rutgers, he had two years of eligibility left. Yeah. Last year was a wash, so he still has two years of eligibility. So that's 21-22. Oh, wow. Wimsat's the class of 22. Yeah. In high school. Correct. So that means Wimsat, and assuming Vedral, you know, stays and fills out his eligibility, which, you know, I mean, I, don't, I can't read his mind. But he's just, definitely I, playing this year. He's definitely playing this year, but I'm saying there's a possibility he could still be in the quarterback room when Wimsat sets foot on campus next September. Let's mm-hmm. say for conversation's sake, he does play next year yes. as well. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, I'm definitely excited to see him. But I also get that, like the last time Rutgers threw out a freshman quarterback, uh, not good. Had no. to wait, had to wait till he transferred to Illinois to have a, a breakout performance. Yeah, well, I mean, he should. He had no business starting that year anyway, and it nah. wasn't even his fault. It was, no, it was the coaching th- staff. They fault. threw him to the wolves. Threw him to the wolves. They threw him to the wolves. Absolutely. Yeah. He's it always was, been a talented quarterback. He's a, he's big. He could throw the ball. We saw that he had a couple. It was like a 50-yard touchdown pass right into the arms of his receiver that who was, was filing out of the pylon. That was a pass. Yeah, that was that an was excellent pass. He was just not given what he could to succeed here. But, I mean, you know, we all remember the infamous video of him punching an O-line, his own own lineman in the face. <laughs> no, no, he got punched in the face after Oh, you're right, it was the other way around. The O-lineman punched him in the face. <laughs> Rutgers football in the late 2010s, like, that has to be a 30 for 30 one day. Like, before Greg came back, like, we need, like, insider stories on, like, just, just those those teams. Think of all the teams. think of all the material that they gave uh, the uh, Are You Screw podcast, among others. Oh, so so. They built much. their whole brand off of that. The, the, the not top ten like on Sports Center for like four months of the year, it'd be like, all right, what Rutgers highlights can we find? Like, <laughs> I remember. No, I remember it was. I want to say it was 2019. Um, it was after the Ohio State game, and um, basically Stephen A. somehow. It got like, and by the way, I, I cannot stand Stephen A. I think he's just a talentless clown. Like you know, like we Dylan, Dylan Allen, and I got a a, a look at um, one of the classic Mad Dog rants because Pav thought of it, and then there goes the next twenty minutes, um, and uh, we were watching it, and it's like Stephen A. will never be a fraction of that. But right. anyway, he just randomly decided to bring up Rutgers losing to Ohio State by like thirty points or whatever it was, and it's like I know for a fact you cannot name a single player on the Rutgers roster, so we have no business. Like, if you're going to talk about Rutgers football, if you're going to criticize him, at least know what you're talking about. He was just, how is Rutgers so bad? And it's like, dude, just shut up. We beat just the spread that day. We beat. <laughs> that was, no, can I be Good com- teams know how to cover. Can I, can, can, Good can we just teams talk? win, great teams cover. Can we talk no, no cap for a second here? No cap. I called, cap. I called that game. That was one of the three football games I did that year. I was calling it with uh, Troy. Um, and I, I got to call the second half of that game. That was, like, one of the most fun second uh, the games I've called. 
I mean, I knew they weren't going to win, but, like, they were scoring points. And, and, I mean, God knows they hadn't done that for a while leading up to that game. This was the Ohio State game you're talking about? Where 2019. They, yeah, they scored, like, 21 points. Yeah. yeah. Of I it wasn't quite Schemey McSchemerson, but they were putting points on the board. I, I remember being there before I was a student, um, and I, 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 we, that place was rocking. When they scored, like, three unanswered touchdowns at the end of that game, Pacheco, like, everyone was, like, even though they were down by 30 points— it just to see them put up 21 points on starting defensemen is still impressive enough for a game that you knew they weren't going to win. For we're used to seeing them put up a field goal, maybe 10 points if they're lucky against Ohio State. To see 21 points was definitely something else to see at the home stadium too. I have to crunch the numbers. Maybe I'll whip out an Excel spreadsheet, but I've also got like a whole laundry list of things to do. Um, but you know, I think between the UMass game where I called the second and third quarters and I called 31 of the 41 points scored in that game. Yeah, this is Locks of the Week. Um, actually, no, Locks of the Night. We're not calling Locks of the Week anymore. We're, we're doing yeah, it every night. I give, I give up with night. that. I don't That's know where right. that got started. It should have been Locks of the Day because it's a five-day-a-week show. Well, <laughs> yet, for some reason, we call it Locks of the Week. During the summer, it makes sense. Well, during the summer, yeah. We like kind of just... Once a week. So. We kind of just... I mean, once a week is generous. We canceled a lot of shows over the summer. <laughs> but um, yeah. Friday could be a Lock of the Weekend, but I, I'm all aboard the... This is a Lock of the Night segment. No, Absolutely. Uh, this is the segment where we give you guys sound financial advice in the world of sports. Uh, we give you our uh, gambling best bets. So Also, very- can I just say one other thing before we get into this? Because I-, I mentioned this off air, and I think this is funny. Um, I made like a big thing to everyone in the meetings uh, about like how we need to start planning the show out and like putting is finding a topic for each segment and like planning our locks in advance. And I'm just gonna be a hundred percent with you guys. I don't know about like the guys on the other side of the glass. I'm still looking for my lock. I'm gonna throw it to everybody else. <laughs> I did not prepare for this segment whatsoever. <laughs> We're kind of just writing this on the fly. Uh, apparently there are now two tornado warnings. So please, if you're in Somerset or Mercer or Hunter and counties, like, be vigilant, stop, be safe. Listen to us in the basement. Like, yeah, please. absolutely. Um, so like, I'm I'm being dead serious about that. But I dropped the ball the first week. We have not planned anything. We're just doing everything on the fly, like we did uh, in the old days. So it's yeah. all right. We're we're all uh, we're all versatile weapons here. We can all get yes. it done. We all have. Uh, we all are men of our particular skill set. So yeah. we got it. Um, I have a lock, so I guess I'll start this one off. So, obviously, um, college football starts on Saturday. Well, the main schedule of college football starts on Saturday, which, incredible. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Um, and one matchup that really interests me is Alabama going to Miami to play Miami. Now, if you've watched college football in the last 10 years, Miami follows a formula. They get ranked like 10th in the country. They come out, play a really good team the first week, and get blown out. Blown out. So the spread on this game is 19, minus 19.5 for Alabama. I think you should take that easily. I don't know if you can do uh, if you can like change the spread in college the way you can in the NFL, but if you can do that, I'd take Alabama at like minus 23.5. I think they are going to blow Miami out of the water. I think it's going to look like they're playing a non like a like one of the Alabama signature non-conference games. They're going to blow Miami out. Bishop Sycamore. Bishop. <laughs> Bishop. Well done, Sycamore, Chris. Well done. Miami, Florida. The, the coach same is fired. Because he's a pending fraud charge. He fired himself to try and look like there was someone in charge. That's my theory. <sighs> Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> so were they like forty-year-old players? On They're the not forty-year-old. Here's what like would happen. It would be guys. well. Here's yeah. Here's what happened. Like there'd be a guy that would like play normal high school career, graduate like 2019, uh, and then like create a fake recruiting profile and say that he was a sophomore class of 23. So he'd be like 22 years old, pretending to be a 16-year-old. Yeah, I saw some someone had like a fake huddle account with like fake highlights yeah. or some, something. I, my favorite one was, and we can't play it here for um, you know exclusivity reasons, but my favorite one was the uh, the announcer uh, Anna Stroff, who does a lot of college across too. That's where I know him from. He was covering the game for ESPN, and he was like, uh, it was like the second quarter. They were down like thirty nine nothing. Like it, it was a Chris Ash special special. And he basically comes out. He's like, "Yeah, well, um, we were told that this team had a lot of D one talent, and frankly, we couldn't verify any of it." And it was just like, <laughs> I, I, 
it's one of those things that if you put it in a movie, I would say that's not realistic. That would never happen in real life. And they, they, they duped the mouse. I don't know what to say. One of my favorite parts of this whole thing, I was, I was trying to figure it all out this morning because I saw, first of all, I saw that IMG, who destroyed Bishop Sycamore, obviously, a bunch of their players were posting online on various social media websites saying that they beat a team of grown men, talking about how, you know, they didn't beat a high school team, they beat a, you know, a fully grown team. But when I was just looking and looking over a couple articles, I think this one was on CBS Sports. It was talking about how on Bishop Sycamore's website, they had a GoFundMe link. But if you go to the link, the link is to try to raise $20,000. There was only $140 raised, and the link is no longer active. <laughs> so how do they get enough to even get on this thing? Like, Well, I, I don't know. They managed to, like, just they just go around the country conning teams. They're not even a member of their state high school athletic association. I like, saw a picture where they looked up the address and it was like some like community home. Like it wasn't a high school or anything. Like it was just yeah. the address. Like Bishop Sycamore is like some community home in Ohio. So it's like. <laughs> so what would happen was I was reading a story on awfulannouncing.com, which is like a sports casting blog where they do some independent journalism too. And basically they interviewed one of the parents of one of the players that used to be on that team. And they were like, yeah, so uh, they took us to this camp in Dallas and uh, like they had 17 rooms for the whole team. And, like, the one uh, parent that they interviewed was like, yeah, I don't feel like this is a legitimate thing. Like, I'm, I'm backing out. And he left. And then, like, the hotel, like, like whoever was running it at the time, like, just told them that that parent was responsible for all 17 rooms. And that person got a bill for, like, $20,000 of unpaid hotel fees. Well, that's what the GoFundMe was for. Oh, my God. I, I, I just here's – what, here's what I think it is. I think it's a combination of half the schools did not look beyond the press release and the other half – kind of knew something was fishy but they wanted the easy dub which is like the clemson model uh so they just went ahead and they did it <laughs> the well they played they played georgia this year chris so oh okay you'll see you'll see a test week all one. right oh it all leads up to week 11 against the citadel <laughs> of course of course <laughs> which i got to visit a couple weeks ago very nice school but anyway that is a nice school yeah um never been yeah anyone else ready with their uh their lock i mean i can give another one i, I, like I got i got i got mine i'm ready to go all right football. all right we'll go we'll go cl- counterclockwise dylan allen you're up all right well you guys all know i'm a big yankee fan here and from what looked like a terrific august uh it was a definitely historic august they were on a 13 game win streak and now as of late they've dropped their last four two to the uh two to the athletics and the last two to the angels so Tonight on the bump for the Yankees is none other than Garrett Cole, in my opinion, the AL Cy Young winner this year. And I think that the Yankees will not get swept by the Angels. I think that they'll win one out of three, and I think that comes tonight. So I'm just going to go with their money line here. It's not the best value you can get, but I think that the pitching matchup for Cole against, uh, I don't even know who the Angels pitcher is. It's uh, His first name starts with a P. It's uh, Naughton. Yeah, so the fact that I've never, yeah, the fact that I've never heard of this guy tells me that it's probably not the best pitcher. So, I think Garrett Cole's presence today on the mound just gets the Yankees a much needed win as the Red Sox are only two games back now. So I think I'm going to go with the Yankees money line tonight. Love it, absolutely love it. I, I wish I had something like witty to say about that bet, but I can't. Like that looks like a solid play. Um, yeah, I don't, Chris. I don't really think that you are in a position right now to be making no, jokes about the Yankees. No, no, I'm not. That's when, what I'm saying. I agree ha- with you. Don't don't clap back at me. I agree with you. Come on, don't do me like we'll that. We'll leave it unsaid. But if you're a sports fan, I think you know what happened to the Mets GM. Yeah, thumbs down. Thumbs down to that whole organization. Now their GM yeah. is getting into trouble. Come on. Everyone's just booing everybody. Everyone's booing everybody. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is this never happened under the Wilpons. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Chris, you're also the only Mets fan on the Wednesday crew. Yeah, how, how did that happen? I don't know. Talk to the guy that you're makes the, the schedule. Don't you? Yeah, schedule? I need to talk to the manager here. Like, who is responsible <laughs> yeah, for this? Yeah, you should get the guy in charge. No, get get, you know? get Mike Pavlich going here. Come on, what's going on here? <laughs> Spots with high school Man. graduate Mike Pavlichko. Hall of Famer. Yes, Spots with high school Hall of Famer Mike Pavlichko. Sorry, Chris, you can have your own little solo <laughs> rant every Wednesday about the Mets. It'll be like a weekly thing. It'll just be your oh. your little segment. Oh, man, I, I don't know if I could handle all that. I mean, I kind of just ignore them now. Normally <laughs> what happens is I tr- every year I say to myself, because I'm, full disclosure, not the biggest baseball fan. It's probably my fifth favorite sport, if I'm being 100% honest. Every year I say to myself, all right, this is the year I really get into baseball. I really get into the Mets because I, I casually follow them. Right. And this year I hang on, hang, hung on longer than most years. I was in it right until the beginning of August, and then they just, they just completely just – implode upon themselves i mean i don't blame you they were first in their division it looked like they had some playoff i hopes. thought they would limp into the playoffs yeah 
or at least be very close because they had a lot of injuries. Like they weren't going to stay ten games above five hundred. I knew that, and I, w- I would have been fine with that. Um, so like, but they just like, and and then you have the, the nonsense with booing the fans, <laughs> booing the in this market, in this market after the summer that team had. They're wow. going to come here. They're going to boo the fans, wow, the people neither. who pay way too much to go all the way out in on the seven line in, in a train that that, that that just it, it that smells like Seton Hall. And then you get off the train. You go. You you get overpriced yeah. tickets at City Field. You get overpriced concessions. You. you get overpriced concessions. You have to sit in the bleachers next to some meme page from the suburbs who just gets himself kicked out of games every three days. <laughs> Mets fans who are listening will know who I'm talking about. Oh, and boy. then they and then they lose like nine to two because they're starting like I, I I don't know some extra from the office as their starting pitcher. And, and then after all of that, after all of that, after Steve Cohen was supposed to be the savior of this franchise, you got in trade for a guy who like a week after arriving in Queens decides to boo among others to boo the fans. Please, why would I waste my time with that organization? Yeah, he's been here for like twenty games, and he's already criticized. Twenty games, and I don't think Mets fans. I mean, unless he like, unless they somehow make the playoffs, or like next year he hits like a walk off grand slam to win Game Seven of the World Series. If you can imagine such a thing, I personally cannot. <laughs> yeah, unless something really extraordinary happens, that is what Javi Baez will be remembered for in this metropolitan area. Yeah. And, and he'll definitely be remembered for it because his tenure with the Mets, in my opinion, is going to be over after this year. I mean, I, he's batting like what? Uh, two, $2 right now? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I don't see him getting that contract he wants, especially from the Mets. And, and I don't think I don't think after all this stuff he's going to want to stay in New York anyway. I see him moving out. So if you do a little recap, he comes here 20 games in. He First of all, the team goes like 5 and like 16 they go from first in the division to like seven games back and end in third place. Then twenty games in, you have three hundred million dollar man Lindor and Baez booing the fans back, thumbs down and all that. Then they apologize for it, and then you got the Mets GM with this whole DUI thing. I think it was after some fundraiser event that Steve Cohen hosted or something. We're on like our fourth GM in the last year. Yeah, and, and so that will be. This should not like not a thirty for thirty because it isn't that deep, but it's just like one of those stories where it's like the twenty twenty Mets where all fans or twenty 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 one Mets, excuse me, all fans thought it was their year. They got the they got the big superstar Lindor underperformed. They got Baez at the trade deadline, who on on paper is a one of the best shortstops in the league, but in reality, in the past couple of years, he's been very so he's been very subpar for me in my opinion. I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. And then you get Degrom, who's like having a historic season, and then he can't, you know, he's always on the COVID list or he's injured. And even Syndergaard, it's just like the whole thing's falling apart, and it's just going to be a story to tell, like for years to come. The 2021 Mets, so everyone thought it was the year. And the cover for that documentary is just going to be Javi Baez with his thumbs down, standing on base. Yeah, exactly. It'll be it'll be like one of those years where when Javi Baez eventually retires. You'll think of him as a longtime Cub, and then you'll think, oh, right, he was on the Mets for one year. That's what it's going to be like at the end of his career. You're going to totally forget. You're just going to be like, I forgot that man was a Met. It's like it's like MJ and the Wizards. It's like you just you don't think of that when you think Javi Baez. You think of a Cubs jersey. You think the World Series in Chicago. And honestly, if, if it happens with Rizzo this year with the Yankees, if he's not long-term and he goes back to Chicago, the same thing will happen, especially if the Yankees don't really do anything in the postseason this year. It'll be the same kind of thing. Just a little stint, and no one will really remember it, to be honest. I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Like, how does everything go wrong with them? I didn't expect them to win the World Series or anything crazy. Like, I, I expect them to maybe make the playoffs, or if not, like, get close. I think they should. They, I mean, with the roster, I mean, well, also DeGrom getting hurt midseason, like, that took a few wins off of them. Yeah. 100%. Uh, like, shout out to the baseball gods for taking away, like, historic <laughs> seasons for some reason this year. Took away DeGrom, took away Mike Trout. Well, they haven't taken away Otani yet. He's on a— Don't even, don't even, Acuna, don't even say Acuna those words hurt. on these airwaves. Don't you even dare. That I'm man, a, I don't like Otani, so— what? What? How, did, how could you not like you? Like oh, He's a second coming. What could you possibly? Yeah, the yeah, man what? is a humble, humble gift to the game. He what could you possibly nukes. not like? He hits nukes, and then he throws 
because but she's off the mound. Because he didn't want to come to the dark side, boys. Come on now. He the the main reason why, dude. I'm telling you, like it's it. (laughs) Chris is taking (laughs) off his headset. The main reason why is because. He didn't want to play in a big market. That was his reason. No, man, he plays I, in Los Angeles. I really, th- yeah. yeah, I know. That's exactly why it doesn't make any <laughs> well, I mean, sense to me. Technically, plays in that Anaheim. Is the, that, is yeah. the most, that is the most New York sports th- fan thing I've ever heard. Ah, he's in Los Angeles. He's not in a big market. He's not in New York. I think it's a home thing. I mean, like he's obviously from Japan. I think that he's gonna be more inclined to play on the West Coast. The East Coast is literally six thousand miles from Japan. Right. That's 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 my whole thing. At least on the West Coast, like, you know, it was the same thing with Ichiro like 20 years ago. He was literally a rookie 20 years ago, which is insane. But he came to the West Coast, he made a lot of new fans, a lot of Japanese fans for Seattle, for the MLB. I mean, Otani's doing the same thing. And he's slugging 623. Oh, I'm not doubting he's he not a good player. He's the he's MVP for sure. I'm just saying simply because the reason he didn't go to New York was because he didn't want to play in a big market, so he settled for Los Angeles, which I know is technically Anaheim, but it's pretty damn close to Los Angeles. And I, I, I don't know. I guarantee you the Yankees offered him more money too. I just I don't I don't know something like that for me. And also to mention, um, I have some friends back home that that like they don't watch baseball a whole lot, and then when they watch Otani, like they, they they always they always say you know he's better than Aaron Judge and all this stuff, and and they're not wrong, but in the sense that like they just they get on my nerves sometimes with the amount of trash talk they have, and, and it went to a point where I'm just like. Every other time Otani comes up in a conversation, I'm always trying to defend my player against Otani. So it's always like I don't like him, but like I actually I don't mind watching him on TV. He does well against the Yankees. That's the only issue. But like he's he is a fun player. I just don't like the reason why he didn't want to come to us. Like I can understand like he like I don't know if he was closer to home. Like California is closer to Japan. I'd understand that. But I mean to say that you didn't want to play for a big market team. But then go to L.A. with Mike Trout and all this stuff, and I, I just didn't really find it a viable, like a valid, a valid argument. And as a fan of the team, knowing what he is and what he could be for my team, it pisses me off just because I can, I can see the future of you know what it would have been if he decided to come here. Yeah, but the Yankees are already loaded with power hitting. And yeah, I but this was this was like what I don't even remember the year, like what 2018. But we still at, at that point things were already looking like we had. Obviously, the power lineup wasn't the same as it was now with the right. addition of you know of Gallo, but. I mean, right now, you know, what would Otani's role in the team be? Who wouldn't we have on the roster right now if we had Otani? Throw so, heat and smash dingers, like what? what, what and role steal home. He, he would fit. He would fit right in night. on any team because he, he doesn't can pitch need a role. Hit. He is his own role. Yeah, his whenever, role is Shohei Otani. Whenever he pitches, he'll be the DH. I don't know. And then you know, you have Stanton play the outfield, uh, and you've seen him play outfield very often now. Um, and I assume that if you had a guy like Otani, you wouldn't have made a trade for, let's say, Anthony Rizzo. Um, so, you know, you can take a couple of guys out of the lineup now that are in there. You would have Luke Voigt at first base. He'd be your everyday first baseman pretty much. And then you'd have Otani, DH, um, and you could really put him in the outfield if you really wanted to, and you could put Stanton in the DH hole as well, like if you wanted to flip-flop, because I know Aaron Boone likes to give those guys days off just to keep them from getting hurt, so you could do that too. Um, but... I tell you what, it, it, he's having, a, it, and you brought it up, Dylan, like the like the gods of baseball, how they're like striking down on historic seasons. He is having a hell of a season, though. I will give him that. Yeah, it's historic in like a different. It was an alert on my phone. I think it's alert on the phone. Yeah, uh, flash flood warning. <laughs> flash flood warning, not a tornado warning. Oh. Sorry, my mic was on when that happened, so it, it, that was not right. going over like our system. That was literally coming off of my phone and onto a microphone. I'm not gonna lie, I love I love the the Mets story. So I'm on Baseball Reference. I wanted to look up Javi Baez's, and in the news, the players that are listed, and this is in order. Javi Baez, Francisco Lindor, Pete Alonso, Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto, <laughs> Juan Soto for amazing reasons. He's awesome. VR DeGrom, and DeGrom. Like, in the news is literally like seven Mets just because they're in the news. That's for, all it is. They're just in the news for being bad and hating their fans. I, that, hilarious, honestly. Honestly. Even Philadelphia fans wouldn't stoop, you know, Philadelphia players wouldn't stoop that low with their own fans. That's a whole other... <laughs> well, they get beat up in the parking lot if they stoop that low. Oh, the Philly fans would be like, all right, they, they take it as a challenge. They don't care. The entire Wells Fargo Center against the Sixers. 
against Ben Simmons. Mouse. <laughs> they love Embiid. It's Simmons they're, they're after. And Simmons doesn't want to be any part of it now. And I've seen. If I were him, I'd just go to Sacramento and just do whatever. Make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs, doesn't matter. At this point, if you're not wanted, why would you want to be there? No, I I wouldn't. Yeah. So I would just be like, no. I don't doubt. I don't doubt. No. Go go over to Cleveland and win 33 (laughs) games with Jared Allen. Speaking Cleveland, they they just love handing out money, don't they? I saw they gave Jared Allen that huge contract, and then they do like a. A four-year, seventy million-dollar sign-in trade for Laurie Markkinen, and that guy has been like un- the most unproven, like first-round pick that I can think. I mean, of. I think. I mean, just Laurie throwing Mar- checks. I mean, he's like a, he is a nice young player, but he's not a nice young player that you pay seventy million dollars for. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's, why would just you love throwing money? I mean, they also drafted Anthony Bennett, uh, <laughs> number one overall. That was the only number one overall pick that busted that everyone knew was a bust the second it was announced. Yeah, like it was. It was already like the yeah. second the words came out of the commissioner's mouth, it was like, nope, that's not it. Yeah, that is and, uh, not. The I don't guy know. I don't know who wrong. who he got drafted over. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure that draft was like honestly awful. I think the whole thing was awful, and that's why he got taken number one. But I mean, there must have been someone that was like decent. No, I'm gonna look it up. Now. That's a. Uh, I got it. I got it, Chris. That's a. Uh, that's a. That's a producer's job. You know, I'm, oh, I'm like I mean, I'm, I'm happy to look it up. <laughs> no, nah, I'm like I'm like Jamie from the uh, from the Joe Rogan experience. Pull that, pull that up, pull that up. Yeah, pull it up, pull it up, McCoy. All right, the 2013 all right. NBA draft. Uh, all, right. all right, well, this draft wasn't garbage because the 15th pick in this draft was Giannis Antetokounmpo. So there you go. All right, and, but who else was drafted in between then? Like, Anthony Bennett was drafted over Victor Oladipo, Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Nerlens Noel, Ben McElmore, KCP, Trey Burke, CJ McCollum. Uh, Steven Adams and Giannis. I mean, I think CJ Dennis Mc- Schroeder was in this draft as well. Okay, like, but let's just focus on like that those tweeners. Okay, Giannis was kind of a project. There was no guarantee that he was going to work out the way he did. Um, but like, you don't think like LeBron when he was on those finals runs, he couldn't have used like a CJ McCollum or like or, a Victor Oladipo. Like Victor Oladipo, you know, oh, like yeah. someone like that. You know, what I mean, hundred percent. The whole win with LeBron model is. A, get LeBron, B, get a bunch of shooters, C, just sit back and watch the magic happen. So yeah. bas- so Basketball Reference lists uh, the top three players in the draft as the amount of win shares they have, and they also list the first overall pick. Rudy Gobert and Giannis both have over 74 win shares. Anthony Bennett has one half <laughs> of a win share. Not half of Rudy Gobert. One half. So of that means one. He, he that means he had like a solid third quarter against the Detroit Pistons on like a November. Pretty much, yeah. Game. Pretty much. Probably went four for four from the floor at one point, something like that. Little hot three streak. for three from the stripe, you know, a nice efficient yeah. job at the line. Maybe exactly. dished out a pass or two. Yeah, a couple assists, couple rebounds, maybe an offensive board keep it alive. Our if, our ultimate uh, lock is that Anthony Bennett is a bust. The ultimate ultimate lock. Well, I can't wait till he ends up signing with like uh, a team in the Japanese league, and he just drops twenty and twenty a night, and you just hit the over on him. <laughs> Go down, go down the Josh Childress route. The classic, uh, yeah, I was gonna say the classic Stefan Marbury, Jimmer Fredette route. Speaking of the Cavs, did you all see they signed Taco Fall the other day? Yeah, deal or something. Okay, Absolutely I missed that. Have, Dylan, how long is that contract for? Ah, uh, it's one year, non guaranteed. Like he's basically got to earn it. Uh, but exciting. I love seeing him in the NBA, and I like seeing him on a team that's not the Celtics because. I don't yeah. like the Celtics. I think he'll play more too, which is which is nice because I I love to see me some Taco Fall. I would love to see him on the floor, honestly. I I feel like it would just be like an interesting experience to see him like, like can you imagine him being in the in the fourth quarter of a game like it's a tie game and you just literally give the ball to him and he just like drops it in the net. He doesn't have to jump. He just stands there. That's and just, what I'm saying. He literally just, just drops it. Places it right in. And speaking of Taco Fall, it just reminds me of that like that UCF Duke game back in the day, like against I think it was that Zion year, right? I tried to wipe that from my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> That's a game I could do without talking about again, particularly the last two minutes. Oh, why? Did you have money on that game or something? Oh no, no, I just really wanted Duke to lose. Uh, well, that makes two of us. That yeah. would have been a nice story for you. I mean, the whole UCF. country basically. Yeah, especially my mom. She hates Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, my lock of the week is. Uh, yes, I was gonna. I was gonna say. I mean, we we, <laughs> we completely went off. I mean, I, I mean, it's fine. Like, no, no, we don't have any actual commercials to play. Like, it's it's fine. We're chilling. Yeah. Anyway, um, so uh, UNC at Vatech, um, Friday night, six p.m. Um, 
looking at the lines right here, UNC is minus five and a half. And I think that's a pretty safe over given the quarterback they have, Sam Howell, who I'm a very big fan of. Are you uh, now? Yeah, I am. Virginia Tech, I mean, yes, you know, obviously it was last year, but they lost four of their last five games to end the season. Um, and, and, you know, UNC, look, they, they're coming into this game number 10 in the country. That's where they are in the preseason poll. Right. And it would not surprise me. I'm not saying they're going to make the college football playoff, but I think they could definitely make a New Year's Six Bowl. Now, is it is it 12 teams in the college football playoff? Like, is that That's confirmed? Not, not yet. Not it's, yet? It's weird. It was confirmed until Texas and Oklahoma decided to um, do some things. Um, <laughs> and then um, after that, it basically just kind of like went back in flux and like oh. the alliance was formed where a bunch of commissioners got together and said, ah, we don't need a contract. We'll take on the SEC. There you um, go. And then, you know, we're kind of in this weird limbo. I, I have a potentially hot take about the playoff. I'm sorry to drag the lock segment so on, but we're kind of just doing whatever now. Um, don't don't have the same take as my uncle and say that four teams is enough because it's not. Uh, I was gonna it's say not, if not, I was gonna say if this close. is how the playoff is gonna be, like maybe we don't like. I don't think the playoff right now is making the sport better. I, I think if you that. added more teams, it would make it better for sure. Because uh, I think uh, yes, yes, yes. I agree with you, Chris. If it's the same four thing, if it's the same four team layout, you're gonna have Ohio State, Clemson, and and uh, Alabama in there almost every year. I just and I, one wild card at team. Least, but here's the thing: it's gonna be like that for now. Eventually, one of those programs is gonna fall off, but then some other program is just gonna take their place. Right. Remember when Nebraska and Miami were unbeatable? Right. They had all those now they're both teams. now they're both like I mean Miami's supposed to maybe be good I'm not convinced Nebraska's garbage no Nebraska's no yeah Nebraska's bad yeah um but but I know what you mean like, it's gonna be this like one team's just gonna fill in as soon as that team's out and it's gonna be the same three teams and if you really meant if you really think about it it's either Oklahoma or Notre Dame in that four spot every year too either yeah I mean look the playoff right now is not making the sport better. Right. It's like it's really not that much better than the BCS. Like if this is how you're going to do the playoff and you're not willing to make it bigger, I'd rather just go back to how it was before where you just had the New Year Six Bowls being like the pinnacle of the sport. 100%. I would have no problem with that. It's all for viewers. I would have no problem with that because here's what's happened now. It is we're in this weird state where the college football playoff is all that matters and ESPN, you know, the college football playoff, college football playoff, college football playoff. And you get to a point where you have players in an off year when the Rose Bowl is in a college football playoff game. Well, maybe not the Rose Bowl. Rose Bowl is the only one that, like, players still seem to care about. But, like, the Orange Bowl or, like, right. one of those games that used to be, like, must-watch television. And now, like, it'll be, like, Florida and, like, I don't even know who, who else. But they'll, re- like, half Ole their starters. Or something. Yeah, half their starters will opt out of the game. And it's, like, this yeah. isn't an important game. Why would I watch that? Right. So ESPN, in their pursuit for just like this rigid like you know like they're trying to make the playoff as big of a thing as possible but they're losing sight of that because they're whatever viewers they maybe gain on the playoff and the playoff viewership is plummeting let's be honest here um whatever they gain in that they're losing in all of these other games that also just so happen to be owned and aired by espn it's yeah it's all for money chris that's yes. all it is they want either more expand viewers. the playoff or get rid of it that's my yeah, take i agree i think if you add it like a 12 team format even if you make it eight teams like yeah. you just added four more teams in there it doesn't have to be 12 yeah but let's just say for the sake of conversation it is 12 then you get you know a team that's ranked 10 like let's say miami stays there the whole year you get a team like miami in there and then you know you know just as well as me college football anything can happen a team can upset a team any week any given time of, of the week so then you incorporate a 10 seed versus, you know, a whatever seed, and they and they make an upset, and then a team makes a run. And it's kind of like the NFL playoffs. Like, you got to win three different rounds to get to the big game. Sometimes it's only two, depending on your seed. So it would kind of be the same thing. But if you're only going to make it four teams and then have it be pretty much just two games, or actually, no, three games, and, and for those four teams to pretty much be the same, I agree. I think they should just go back to the normal format. Look, I'm with you guys that the four-team college playoff feels like a weird medium that is just an in-between and really shouldn't exist. And and I'm with, as much as I would love to see a 12-team playoff, I think I'm more on the side of just get rid of it completely and just have a couple bowls out of the pinnacle of the sport, like Chris, you said. Because I think if you get to the point where you do have a 12-team playoff, that's going to take a couple of weeks to play out. Right. And you're dealing with the guys, you know, those players on those 12 teams are going to make up the majority of the NFL draft. You're going to have guys that just want to end their college career, end their season at least, and just kind of move on. So... I would much rather watch quality bowl games, a single quality bowl game for each of those top teams, yeah. than two or three or even four of those teams with some starters opting out here and there. 
And that's a fair point because, Chris, you mentioned that the issue is some players are opting out of like these big bowl games and that it's kind of problematic. And then if maybe if you add a 12-team format and then you're like saying, listen, if you're if you're committed, you got to be committed for these next three weeks, four weeks. We're going to have to play at least, you know, three games to get to the big game. You know, guys just might say, well, I don't want to risk it in three different games. I'm just not going to play. And then you might run into the same issue and then you get less viewership because 30 out of the 50 best players are all opting out because they don't want to play for three more weeks. They kind of want to just end the season where it is, which is why I think the original format just with the one game was perfect because if you're in, you're in. You don't have to win two more games to get in. You don't have to win three more games. If It's whatever you're placed in. That's all it is. It's just one extra game. makes everyone's life easier, especially if you're a football player and you don't want to risk getting hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Before we wrap, I could just, I'll give my lock quickly. I'm amazed that I, I mean, keep forgetting. I <laughs> kind of feel bad. I feel bad. I, I should have. I my Mets ran set this all off, and then it was kind of just off the tracks. I'm sorry, Gideon. Go ahead. No, that's perfect. Kind of good segue. I'm gonna, also going to do the Yankees game, just like I brought up Dylan Allen. Uh, the over under is eight and a half. I think that's going to be going to hit the over tonight, even though Garrett Cole is pitching. Just like we mentioned before, the Yankees lineup is so stacked with power hitters. And the Angels, too, like we talked about with Otani before. But all of these games uh, in the series so far have gone over eight and a half runs. Uh, the last game had ten runs. So definitely take the over on that game tonight. All right. That's interesting. I just I, to, For that to work, I would I would think that Cole would have to be out by at least the fifth inning. Give the Angels some time to go against our bullpen. Because I think Cole is going to have a pretty good night, I think. Maybe, maybe Otani gives him some trouble. Maybe he hits a couple home runs. We'll see. But... I would think that Garrett Cole is going to get the job done, um, but you got to also think too. Angels have some random guy in the mound tonight. They could they could score nine runs on their own, and they don't even have to worry about the Angels helping you out there. Exactly, and then you know what happens? What happens when Garrett Cole comes out? Another bullpen pitcher comes in, and who rounds out the game? Arnoldus Chapman, who gives up at least one or two runs guaranteed. Yeah, so especially to the Angels. Yeah, exactly. So I'm having Garrett Cole in the mound makes it a little bit. You know, not doesn't make me as confident as I would be had it been any other pitcher on the Yankees staff, but I'm still going to go with that over on eight and a half. Yeah, I like that. I mean, anytime you want to bet on runs and you're betting on the New York Yankees, it's uh, it's usually usually a good pick. Betting on the Mets. <laughs> no, it's like that's that's no. well, if you're what betting you bet against on the, the Mets, that's like yes, per- yeah. yes. No, but you bet on them to lose, and then they figure out a, it's the one day of the week where they figure out a way to win. Well, it's like it's like a parlay boost, you know. You just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like the game the other day, they they put up a five spot in the ninth, and they looked all, dead all game, and then all of a sudden they they win the game. I, I don't know what the score was, but they put a five spot up in the ninth, and that Javi Baez heads up base running too. Of all people, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Problem solved. And that's it, fans. Yeah. We won. But the Yankees are like an interesting team to bet on because like they basically took like the trends that baseball is going into, and they just like embrace it. They said. We're just gonna draft the we're not your draft or sign a bunch of linebackers to just hit dingers for us and three yeah. true outcomes. Literally. That's, that's it. That's like, their analytics. That's what yeah. they follow. Their analytics is all three of I mean, the true I hate the Yankees, but I like that style of baseball. So I'm always kind of conflicted about them. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean I could tell you if, first before we head to a break, I'm just my brother covers a Yankee account. Like he so he knows all the inside like stuff like so he says like the analytics that they follow is the average is not as important to them, like batting average-wise. It's high on base percentage, and it's guys with good slugging percentage, which is like extra base hits, home runs. So they, they find guys that, that hit for power, hit for exit velo, because there's like stats that like if you hit it over 105 miles per hour, let's say, 88% of the time it's a hit. So it's like if you – what guy was like Stanton, Gallo, Judge, like they're top – like at least top five in the league with exit velo. So I, they, that's what they really heavily rely on. It's kind of straying away from batting average. Like even LeMayhew, that's why I like the signing of re-signing of him. And so far he has not like played up to par whatsoever. But having a guy like that who, who bats leadoff, who would bat, you know, who's been batting 330 the past two years to get on base for a guy like Judge to shoot one in the gap. That's like a recipe for success. This year a little bit different. LeMayhew's batting like 260 something, kind of really down year for him. But Hoping that gets back on track, but I mean, you can also put Luke Voigt in that category too. Oh man, yeah, and absolutely. That, and, and, That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. Luke Voigt, absolutely. I mean, just take a look at the guy; he's huge. Every time he gets up to bat, you just feel so bad for that ball. I've seen a couple <laughs> of things on Twitter where, you know, once the Yankees readjust for next year and they, you know, look at where the lineup is, I've seen things with Luke Voigt playing DH instead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's all a possibility, Dylan. Like you mentioned, uh, Aaron Boone likes to switch things around. I think Luke Voigt at DH is really not a bad idea. 
Yeah, I think that that should be the lineup for the playoffs. You got to think if Stanton can stay healthy, which he has proven to be able to, he's been playing outfield pretty much every game with a couple DH games or a couple off days mixed in there. But if he can play outfield during the postseason, you're going to have him in right field, Judge in center, Gallo in left field, Urshela at third, Glaber Torres at short. You're going to have LeMahieu over at first, Rizzo the better defender at first, Sanchez behind the dish, and then. Garrett Cole on the mound for a wild card game, and then you'll have Luke Voigt DHing. You know, it's that that's that's a really good lineup for a postseason, and especially if you know Stanton can play outfield very consistently. So far, he's played the position pretty well, but that is that that is the lineup going forward. And the only thing I'm afraid of is after this year, if they decide not to stay with Luke Voigt or no, excuse me, Anthony Rizzo, then then he'll move back to first. But if they decide to sign Rizzo to a deal, then he'll probably be the DH for the foreseeable future with a couple off days mixed in there for Stanton. That's the only worry I have is that he doesn't get in the lineup a lot recently. Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like Luke Voigt is like, if you, like, designed a prototypical DH in a lab, it would look very similar to Luke Voigt, no? Yeah. And he's, he is, like, he's benching at least, like, 300 pounds. Is he really? He is close to that. Like, um, he is just, he's in the It wouldn't surprise me if it's more. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. He is jacked. And have you, have you guys seen, like, his home run celebration when he gets in the dugout? No. So he does the Stone Cold Steve Austin. He grabs two water bottles, and he goes right to the dugout cam. He smacks it together and pours it all over. With, oh and he has, God. like, his mouth wide open. He's, like, all energetic. And it just gets me so hyped up whenever he's in the lineup and he just makes an impact because there was just all this media coverage when, you know, Rizzo was in the lineup and Voight was hurt, and then Voight comes back, and then Rizzo's still in the lineup and Voight's not. And he was just, like, telling the media, he's like, listen, I want to play. I'm here. I'm healthy. I want to play. I know Rizzo's here, and I know, you know, I was hurt, and they have to make sure that there's a good, there's a first baseman out there. But I'm here. I'm ready to play. And he said that to, like, the New York media. And then so there's, like, this whole story going around and that there's, like, beef and stuff. But there really isn't. But it's just I'm, whenever he gets in the lineup, I'm just happy to see him in the lineup because he's just – he would be an everyday first baseman starter on, I would say, at least 80% of the teams in the league. While we're on the subject of athleticism, and by the way, you're listening to WRSUFM New Brunswick. I have to say that it's the top of the hour. <laughs> so now we don't have to go to break. We can go to break whenever we want. Um, there you go. Yeah, I, I mean, that's I, why I, Aaron charge. <laughs> <laughs> we've done this before. It's not the first time I pulled that trick. But um, so if we did a show with Alex Carminati, we would never have to go to break then. I mean, I don't. I don't think Alex Carminati would have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, boss. <laughs> Neil and Alex Carminati. Oh, man. The Nightline duo. The world tag team champions of Nightline. That's Jake- what I live for on football productions. <laughs> <laughs> it's, coming to, it's coming to a radio near you tomorrow night. <laughs> oh, the call, I, I think we're going to set like a new record for calls, especially if Rutgers wins. I mean, if Rutgers wins regardless. But, if they lose, well, if they no, lose no, but we're setting me, a new record for calls. Let There's me, not a doubt in my mind. Win or loss, no, but here's why I say that. And, and you know, this is where, like, and I just realized this now, none of you guys were here pre-COVID. Normally, the the driver, oh. no, like before the pandemic started, you weren't yeah, like yeah. at WRSU. I mean, you're right. Yeah, you're at Rutgers. You're right. you guys, Absolutely right. Two, two of the three of you were at Rutgers. Yeah. But what drove Nightline callers and listeners, besides you know you know whether Rutgers won or lost, was was it a home game? Because the home games, you have a captive audience. People get into the habit of turning us on on their way home from the game, and we would usually get a ton of callers. But we lost that because of COVID, so we were down to like. You know, I mean, we would usually get like if it was a big win, we got a good amount of calls. But you know, the average callers was not the same amount because the people that would normally tune in on the car ride home, not all of them did. So, but now that we have that back and it's going to be a sellout crowd, I think we are possibly going to get a ton. So, yeah, everything, yeah. everything good, guys. McCoy, I just saw the video you sent to the group me of that tornado in Mount oh, the, Holly. That looks yeah. that looks nuts. That's scary. Be safe, everybody. Yeah, that's crazy. Please. Yeah, and again, we're we've got the uh, emergency alert system. If there is anything in this area, um, you're gonna hear it here. So you definitely want to keep it locked. Yeah, and you're, pro- and you're probably not gonna hear us if there's an emergency. In yeah, this area. and we'll just we'll get cut off like dead. we did before, we'll and rightfully so. Yeah, we'll yeah. just that's we'll very dead. important. To know. We'll hide in the Wendy's. And that if is you now know, open. <laughs> yeah, it's open now. It's a, it's open. And they finally they also opened Panera. Oh, okay, I saw. Yeah, never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> it was yeah, open during the uh, the involvement fair yesterday. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, I got here last night. So gotcha. Well, going back for a second on the topic of videos, I found a video online titled "How much does Luke Voigt bench press?" <laughs> Anyone want to take yeah, a guess at what he could bench press? All right. Press? Well, let's see. He weighs like 250 pounds, so like a good benchmark for like a like a, an athlete that relies on strength is like at least one and a half times. So I'm going to say it's in the vicinity of like 400. 400 pounds. for like a maybe one a, rep max. I think I would say around maybe like a touch under. 
Not, before I say how much he could bench press, follow up question: How much do you think he could bench press with one arm? Uh, that I know. I've seen the videos. I know. I, I can I just I, say it? Yeah, yeah. it's one thirty-five. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Which is that, yeah, that's ridiculous. Nuts. A plate with one arm. <laughs> In high school, when I was like a sophomore, that would be like my max, like with two arms. And he's just doing it with one arm, like just going to town. I, I've seen that video. I didn't know that was the weight, though. But Yeah, so 135 with one arm and 365 with two arms. Ooh. That's just nuts. That's incredible. He, he benches more than DK Metcalf, and, and everyone talks about wow. DK Metcalf, how buff he is. Yeah, but Metcalf's like, he's more like leaner, though. Like, Void yeah. is just like. Like a freight train. Yeah, he's like he's like a shorter version of the Rock in terms of like upper body, like chest, not 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 arms. The Rock is like ridiculous, but yeah. like chest wise. Well, the Rock can take whatever he wants too because he's not in <laughs> professional baseball, so yeah, you take that true. into consideration. Speaking, don't, speaking don't, of the Rock, don't disrespect the most. I'm not disrespecting him. I'm saying, <laughs> but but no, I'm not. No, I love the Rock. I love the Rock. No, no, no. <laughs> he he uses steroids. Yeah. He uses steroids. And there's but when you're an actor, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. No, Sylvester Stallone used steroids. He's not competing with anybody, so it's fine right yeah it's not breaking any rules yeah speaking of the rock did you see the picture um of like some i don't i forget which state it was but some police officer that looked exactly yes yeah Yeah, that was freaky yes like i thought it was the rock when when i was showed that i was like that's him right i'm like like maybe i'm like set for something because he's in like a police vest and he looks like some kind of action movie and he's like nah this is just a cop i was like what looks exactly like him he's the same sunglasses same everything and i think he's got the same tattoo on his arm it's like the guy like did it on purpose I mean, would it you if you had that? I mean, to be fair, that's a good point, Gideon. If I looked that much like him and I had those shades, at that point, you might as well. Like, you have a Halloween costume set for every single year. Exactly. 24-7. That's pretty nuts. I just that You, was you have picture. to have that shirt and, and fanny pack combo, I think, <laughs> if you look just like The Rock. You have <laughs> to. Also, can't I, grow the hair too long. No, no, no. Or, or have hair. <laughs> Got to go to the barber like every every five hours. Just get it nice and shaved off. I I think one year to get back to our subject about Major League Baseball. I think like one year for like instead of like you know I mean you have the home run derby and all that, but I think it would be cool to see like like a combine of like just testing like the different like of current players, not a prospects, but like like the different like things like have like a a bench competition like a forty. Yeah, or not like a, a 40, competitive like combine. Yes, like I want to see like the best athletes in Major League Baseball just go at each other like in those different things. But why not expand it and try to find it do with other leagues that combine it with an NFL? And then you could have DK Metcalf bench press against Luke Voigt. Hmm, that, that's with, a like, good a one. Linebacker. You'd have to, but then you'd have to break it up into like weight classes because like the NFL, you have everything from like a 200 pound wide receiver. Like DK Metcalf, I think is only like 215, 220. Um, as athletic as he is, whereas you have like you know like D alignment are like three hundred pounds, so like it's kind of not a fair fight. Right. That's why I think you should probably break it up by sport. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I, I think for baseball it works out because baseball players are sized differently, but it's mostly just in build. It's not like for football where you have drastically different sized players. Yes, you know, baseball players kind of all somewhat fit into a general. Yeah. stature and I feel like baseball players focus a lot more on their legs because yes. that's where the most power comes from in your swing. You'd be surprised. It's all it all generates your lower half. So. Um, having that upper body strength like Luke Voigt is just a plus to have. Like, you don't really need to be that, like, buff to be good at baseball. Like, look at Derek Jeter. I mean, he was not the built, like, the most built guy, and he hit for 300 pretty much his whole career. I, I mean, you don't really need all that muscle up top to be a good baseball player, but he just does it just because he wants to be a, a, a presence on the on the field. But it's it's mostly just your lower body that generates everything. I found out how much, well, not exactly, but I have like a ballpark of how much Luke Voigt squats. It's over 500. That's over 500. That's all it says. It doesn't say like exactly. It's 500 plus. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <sighs> One of them needs to just like market their workout and then just watch the extra money roll in. Can't wait to go to the gym tomorrow and just think about how much stronger Luke Voigt is than me. I I'm, mean, I'm very excited for that. <laughs> I went this morning for the first time in three weeks because I was on vacation. I already feel bad about myself. I wish I would have went today. Yeah. I didn't have the time. Yeah, and I, when I did have the time, I couldn't move. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know about the other gyms, but like Crunch is like just swarmed with Rutgers students. I know, and I was really, and I was really anticipating like my whole strategy was like, all right, I'm gonna keep my Crunch membership because no one's like everyone's gonna go to the gyms, and you don't even have to make reservations anymore, and it's still packed, like at the College Ave gym. You do not have. To well, make that it. made it worse because like you already had like you had artificial constraint of supply because they would limit the number of people with the reservations. But now all the people that initially weren't going to go to the gym, like they say, oh, let me check it out. 
It's like the New Year's resolution, but worse because you don't have to pay any money. Yeah. Oh, you you also went. I didn't realize you went to like the college Ave gym. Oh no, I didn't. Oh, but I'm just crunch? saying. Okay. I'm saying in general. Yeah, I went oh, to crunch yeah, this morning. No, I'm not trying to go to the. I'm not trying to no. go to the college Ave gym ever. I mean, maybe that, the fitness center like one time to see it, but not the college Ave gym. I like ever. for the convenience of it. It's I could see it from my window from my house. It's right here. And granted, crunch is a better facility. It's a bigger facility. But still, I just I can't get over the convenience of the college Ave gym. Imagine looking at the birthplace of college football every day and realizing that it's <laughs> just a parking lot. <laughs> I, I mean, if it, and then you know, I, I love Rutgers. I love going here. Wouldn't trade it for they anything. They have to do something. They, with that. Any other school, if you think if I'm not even gonna say like Alabama because that's kind of cliche. Do you think if like Wisconsin had the first? Like college oh, football it game, would be like a it would be all you It'd would hear about. It'd be a museum. It, it would just be like, has anyone seen the Wisconsin fan lately? Oh, the first college football, game. and then they just burst through the brick wall. That that that's just how that would work. <laughs> the Kool Aid Man style. But we get like a plaque and John Stewart running into uh, Eli Manning, where they're both dressed like they're from the 1800s. I got a notification for that today, and I really want to watch. Just it. watch. It's on Twitter. You don't even have to like sign <sighs> into anything. Eli's places. Yeah. This is where I wish we had like a TV simulcast or like a a, a Twitch simulcast. This is the one good thing the mouse does is they give Eli Manning a show. So I couldn't be happier. But uh with that, I think we're gonna take it. Yeah, to we gotta a take a break. We, after, we've been going too long. After this uh locks of the week segment gone awry. Um, <laughs> don't go anywhere, we're gonna be back with a lot more. WRSU Sportscast. In local news, the Mets acting general manager Zach Scott was arrested. Uh, uh, was arrested after he was charged with driving while intoxicated, which was announced by the team on Wednesday. He was arrested at 4:15 a.m. on Tuesday in White Plains, New York. He was asleep at the wheel of his SUV. Uh, the police officer on scene determined he was intoxicated. He refused a breathalyzer test. The Mets said uh, that he will not be traveling for the upcoming road trip, and they will learn more and determine more their future steps. In soccer news, Portugal's Cristiano Ronaldo scored his 110th international goal, taking over Iran's Ali Dai as the top men's international goal scorer in uh, ever of all time. Uh, the newly minted Manchester United signing scored... His second goal of the game to break the record in the 89th minute of Portugal's World Cup qualifier against the Republic of Ireland. And finally, uh, the Nationals vice president, Bob Boone, resigned over the team's COVID-19 vaccine requirement. Boone had been with the organization since 2005. He was a senior advisor to general manager Mike Rizzo, and he was president of player development from 2006 to 2013. That's going to do it for your WRSU Sportscast. We're going to be back with more of the crew. You're listening to WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.